We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. New England sending QB Jimmy Garoppolo to 49ers. We believe we found the right guy. Garoppolo, quick pass, caught by Kittle. He dives, and he's in. Touchdown, 49ers. Kittle is going to go. Touchdown. Striking Gold Podcast, Kevin Jones, your host. We have a lot to talk about. The 49ers just lost their first game of the season, 27-24 to the Seattle Seahawks. It was Monday Night Football, Veterans Day. You're losing your first game. It's almost Thanksgiving. You have a lot to be thankful for, but there's a couple issues that flared up during the game that are worth talking about. Overall, I'm not panicking. I'm not overreacting. The 49ers lost a football game without George Kittle. Emmanuel Sanders went down. They dropped the football nine times. They had three turnovers on offense. The defense really kept them in the game Jimmy G did make a couple good plays, but you know the offense didn't have it. The O-line got exposed. Joe Staley didn't look amazing. Neither did McGlinchey. We're going to get into all of it. I think we had to recap everything chronologically, first, second, third, fourth quarter, and overtime. So much happened during the game that to put it in the proper context, it almost needs like a full rewind. Before we get there, Indochino Suits. Go to Indochino.com, promo code BLUEWIRE. You will save $30 on your suit order. You're looking sharp. You're looking fantastic. Um, these suits are t- you know, custom-made, tailor-fit. They've hooked a bunch of us up at Blue Wire. They're sharp. You don't want to look like it's off the box. RJ Barrett has got a new line with Indochino. They're blowing up. They're just like us. They're like a startup. They're you know, 
they want this prime spot on striking gold so we're going to give them some prime page views indochino.com promo code blue wire you you do have to order a suit it's not just a shirt so you got to order a suit get in there you'll get 30 dollars off it's going to help blue wire it's going to help you look good so make sure you do that all right back to the action here which is one of the craziest games ever russell wilson and at the end of the day you tip your cap to him he outlasted the 49ers he made enough big plays a big scramble there to to get him really into field goal range and just ice in his veins josh gordon made some big plays down the stretch seattle Jadavion Clowney was the best player on the field tonight. What Nick Bosa has been doing to other teams, Jadavion Clowney did to the 49ers. It was a one-man wrecking crew. Did I hear them say that he had eight total pressures, or was that Seattle's defense? It felt like it was Clowney. He was in on several big plays. Um, I think we touched on a couple of the big themes. The 49ers need to protect the football better. This O-line got a little bit exposed. In a rematch in Seattle, if it's going to come down to winning the division, I mean, shit, I said it earlier this year, Seattle's the best team in the NFC. They really proved it tonight, and what I've been saying about them, it's kind of ugly with them, too. Like, offensively, they didn't do too much, but they made enough big, timely plays. They outlast you at the very end. They're that boxer. They don't knock you out ever. They win by decision every time. And it's at the very end in Seattle in an ugly game. The ref goes to them and, and lifts up their right hand. And it, it's the exact same thing that happened. Along the way, the 49ers shot themselves on the foot. If this was Oregon Trail, they had people dying along the way on their trip out west. Like Emmanuel Sanders was really good early in the game and left. Looked like a rib injury. I, I didn't check exactly what the medical reports are. DJ Jones left the game. Injury's not an excuse, but... You know, overall, you're not feeling encouraged if you're a 49ers fan, but you're not feeling, like, discouraged right now. This offense, bottom line, is completely different without Kittle on the football field. And I'm talking run game, too. They really couldn't get much going in the run game. Brita, again, I think, got nicked up a little bit. Mostert came in at the end and gave him a big burst. They have to consider getting him involved more early. Big things are happening. I know he's got the fumbling problems, but, you know, most of it was big late. Let's go in order kind of like what happened because we have so much to unpack here. You know, one of the crazier games, everyone on Twitter, even in other markets were like, geez, what a effing game this was. It sucks to always come up on the short end of the stick here in this rivalry. If you're a 49ers fan, I arrived here in 2016, so I don't have all the same sentiments at what happened earlier this decade. It does feel like this is back. It just does feel like the 49ers have got to play better offensively for this to go their way. They did to start the game. I mean, the first drive of the game, this was kind of foreshadowing. Jimmy G threw a a pick, but there was defensive holding. But it was just like bad momentum, but the 49ers like kept staying in the game somehow. <laughs> like the first drive kind of foreshadowed that. You ended up having Marquise Goodwin with a big drop on that drive as well that led to a field goal. So that was 3 nothing early. Um, you know, and then next possession, DJ Jones had a, had a big sack. Then the 49ers fed off that energy, went down the field, Debo 30 yards. Emmanuel Sanders had a nice player over the middle. Kendrick Bourne touchdown. He was in good graces earlier in this game, remember? <laughs> 10 nothing San Francisco, end of the first quarter. They dominated. It was like 140 yards to like 
30. Um, second quarter, it was the Fred Warner show. He had a sack on a third down that stalled a drive. He had a pass deflection on a third down that Nick Bosa also helped kind of set up. Seattle really had no momentum until like late in the second quarter. Jimmy Garoppolo got beat, or excuse me, Ben Garland got beat. The backup center's in. Western Richburg went down. Another injury on the O-line. And then you know Ben Garland's in there. Jerron Reed beats him. Clowney picks up the football. Touchdown. It's 10-7. The momentum has clearly shifted. And then, you know, Seattle gets the ball back. They're about to go 14-10 before the half. Jaquaski Tart makes one of the most heads-up plays he's ever made in the NFL. Strips the ball from Chris Carson at the one-yard line. And the 49ers kind of limp into halftime, but they're up 10-7. They haven't played that well. Actually, you know, they, they played pretty well up until this point, but not well enough to feel good about. And then even early in the third quarter, this defense is still going after it. Kwan Williams, forced fumble. Buckner recovers. They're in business. And then the wheels start to come a little bit unhinged. There's a fourth and two call here. The 49ers are driving. Jimmy G and Debo just weren't on the same page here. And I give big props to Debo. He had a great game. You go back and watch that YouTube highlight. He's all over the highlight. I believe he was over 100 yards. Raw reaction here. <laughs> Monday Night Football. Yeah, third quarter. I mean, Fred Warner had another sack. This was probably his best game as a pro. He was flying all over the football field. Um, you know, midway through the third quarter, the 49ers still had the lead of this football game. They didn't have every ounce of momentum, but then the play that changed everything was the Kendrick Bourne interception. I'm not calling this a Jimmy Garoppolo interception, but it hit Kendrick Bourne right in the hands, picked off. Otherwise, Seattle's down the football field. They're in business. You know, Russell Wilson has a huge scramble, and then he tosses that TD up in the air, 14-10. Next possession, Jimmy G fumble. Clowney just owned McGlinchey on this play. If you watch it in slow motion, he's just getting pushed off the ball. Clowney was a one-man wrecking crew. And, you know, Seattle, they ended up winning 27-24. And you can blame the 49ers this and that. They lost the game in the third quarter right there. They got behind too much, and they didn't have enough offensive firepower. So you can be like, oh, this play in overtime. Oh, this play in the fourth quarter. It was the third quarter where Seattle scored two touchdowns, took advantage of the turnovers and the short field. So the defense really didn't give up these points. The offense not only couldn't score, they're giving up touchdowns. And the O-line is almost more to blame than anyone. You can blame the receivers for not getting open too. So it's a mixture of receivers and O-line. And of course, Jimmy G was not that good this game. This was a game where he had to throw 45, 50 times. He did not show up, and he didn't have his top two weapons, so you really can't blame him too much. Um, so, yeah, fourth quarter, it's 21-10. Niners trying to hang in there. Debo has a drop. Um, and then you'll see the wackiest touchdown really all year where somehow a Seahawks offensive lineman ends up with the football. DeForest Buckner strips him and takes it into the end zone. How many strips are going to happen in one game that favor the 49ers and set them up to like stay in the game. Like absolute crazy playmaking from the defense kept the 49ers in this football game. The offense was giving up touchdowns and the defense was scoring them. 
this was just just a weird, weird, weird game. Um, and then, you know, the 49ers got their mojo. They're driving. Debo has a play. Mostert has a nice little run. Ross Dwelly. Look at who Kyle and Jimmy G are bringing the ball up the field with. They're four-string running back. Debo, a rookie, and Ross Dwelly, who we didn't know if was gonna, he was going to make the roster. And now he's all of a sudden in the George Kittle role. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, and then, you know, so it's 21 18 at this point. 49ers looking like they might score a touchdown and win this game. Second and three, Clowney disrupts the play again. There's a sack that happens. Third down, Bourne drop. Should have been an interception. Kendrick Bourne, Matt Barrows tweeted to officially back in the doghouse. He is. Oh, man. And Croc, my boy, always hypes him up on this podcast, too. The flashes of brilliance, inconsistency tonight. You could argue if there's one player that lost him the game, it's Kendrick Bourne. It really is. I hate to be a dick. I don't want to be this guy. But the momentum swung. He should have caught that third down ball. And then, listen, then it's first and goal. Essentially, the 49ers could have won if Kendrick Bourne caught a couple of passes tonight. He he is the number one contributor to the loss. And it sucks. There's always like a scapegoat randomly when you lose games. This is the first loss of the season. But, yeah, Kendrick Bourne, bud. Oh, man, I've been there. When you mess up, it sucks. But he, he did, and you have to point it out. It's the NFL. So it's 21-21. Third and one, the, you know, the 49ers held them. So they kicked the field goal, 24-21. Yeah, that final drive there, 10 plays, 45 yards. You got to shout out Chase McLaughlin for, for getting that thing done. I think there was 48 seconds left. Kyle let the clock run down to 19 seconds. Questionable play clock management there. Could he have called timeout earlier and just done the spiking thing, which is what Seattle did later to win the game? Oh, man. So, I mean, final drive results in forcing overtime. Like, hats off to the 49ers. I tweeted in the third quarter, like, you're accepting this loss at this point. When it was 21-10, the wheels were off the wagon the fact that Buckner got him back in this game and they forced overtime, hats off to, to the Niners. This really wasn't their night. And they could have ended up losing by two touchdowns. You kind of feel good about at least forcing this to overtime. You lose by two touchdowns, you might be questioning yourself a little bit more. Oh, our first big game of the season against a really, really tough opponent. They got overmatched. They hung in there. They made a lot of big plays, even though they made a lot of fuck-ups as well. Um... All right, let's get to overtime. Yeah, I mean, so Seattle wins the the toss. Josh Gordon has a nice third down catch. He beats Richard Sherman, third and 16. Turner beats Fred Warner on that play. Had a nice spin move up the field. And then Dre Greenlaw, I tweeted it. This defense, relentless. Anytime they needed a big play, they really came up with it. Their backs were just against the wall too much with the turnovers. Um, But that was incredible. If... Dre Greenlaw, oh man, he was so close to taking that to the house. That would have been insane. Your replacement for Quan Alexander comes in and has a pick six to win in overtime against Seattle. Talk about a welcome to the team moment. It ends up the 49ers stall out here, and this is where people are going to start questioning Kyle because um, third and two, how much time was left? Like three minutes left in overtime. Handed it off to Mostert. He got stuffed. Looked like a first down at first. Replay. They 
They said, nope, it's not a first down. And then your boy Chase McLaughlin shanked the kick so bad that it landed in the effing tunnel. <laughs> By this time, we, my girlfriend's watching the game with me now. Like, this is like, oh, wow, this is a crazy-ass game. Everyone on Twitter's tweeting about it. The crazy part to me is that the 49ers got the ball back again after they shanked the kick. The defense got them the ball back. This game had so many twists and turns. It was a Scorsese movie. 156 left in overtime. 49ers, three straight incomplete passes. The second down play to Dante Pettis peeved me. It was not a good throw from Jimmy Garoppolo, but it just looked like Pettis either had alligator arms or I don't know. It's like he didn't want the football in that situation. And I have people tweeting me, should the team look at Des Bryant? And I actually think at this point, I never thought I'd say it. I think the 49ers should look at Des Bryant because I don't think that they had, they can count on Marquise Goodwin and Dante Pettis anymore. They actually need another option. The trade deadline's over. I'm going to have to look at any other free agent receivers. They're going to have to get someone else in the mix here. That was the biggest thing that happened tonight and you can blame Kyle and third down play call to Debo I don't know if that was the number one option they were they were trying to go for it all I guess Kyle had so much faith in his defense that he didn't realize that wait a second a minute 30 we only took what 20 seconds off the clock here with three incomplete passes second down had to be completed and if Kyle was looking at percentages and just Russell Wilson, who he is and how he can typically pull shit out of his ass and where the punt is going to land. I still think Kyle needs to get better at these situations. I bet he can admit that deep down when it's him by himself. He can look at that and say, we needed to have the clock moving at a certain point there. On big games, he has had clock management. I don't want to say it issues, but... He's got to be more aware of it. It feels like the opponent is always ending up with too much time on the clock when the 49ers are losing a game and it's close, late. And that's exactly what happened. And Russell Wilson, what are they calling that scramble? 30 yards? Felt like 55. Felt like he was running forever there. And he busted through midfield and... Couple dinks, a couple dunks. Chris Carson all of a sudden ended up with 89 yards. I mean, the Seahawks had rushed for 147 yards. That's how they beat the 49ers. It was ugly and slow and many plays, and they got handed a lot. And they, you know, there's two defensive touchdowns in the game from each team. But Seattle, at the end of the day, of what I said a month ago and why I think they still, right now, are the best team in the NFC. They can outlast any punch. And people are going to be like, oh my God, the Buccaneers took them to overtime last week. It, Seattle gets bored and they just they end up winning. This is what they do. It doesn't feel like, hey, I, you know, if I had to pick a Super Bowl winner today, it would be a coin flip between Seattle and the 49ers and the Packers are going to be there. Drew Brees still looks like he's hurt looking at that game. The Saints got absolutely dominated on Sunday by the Falcons. So 49ers will have the Cardinals next week. And then what is it? Ravens, Saints, Packers. I may be getting that order wrong for some <laughs> those three opponents are tripping me up there, but you're gonna have you're gonna have Ravens, Saints, and Packers. I said you gotta split with Seattle. So you gotta win 
you got to go two and one out of those games. And I don't think Arizona is a gimme next week. You're coming off of what Kyle Juszczyk said in the locker room was the most emotionally draining loss that he can remember. Very emotionally draining. Back and forth. Now it's going to be a short week. You got Arizona. Things are about to get real for the 49ers. I'm not panicking after this loss. Let's go hear from our sponsors. And then there's a lot of big takeaways coming from this game. We kind of recapped it in order. I think some storylines are going to pop up here for the next couple of weeks that we need to monitor. All right. Striking goal with Kevin Jones. We'll be right back. Harry's.com slash blue wire. Honestly, what are you waiting for? All the podcasters are doing it. All of our listeners are doing it. Well, not all, but hundreds. And you should be one of those today. What are you getting when you go to harrys.com slash bluewire? A free trial to start your subscription razor. Stop going to CVS. Stop always being out of shaving cream, always being out of razors. Harry's going to get you stocked up with a weighted ergonomic handle for a firm grip. With a five-blade razor, lubricating strip trimmer blade rich lathering shave gel it's going to keep your skin hydrated i bring my travel blade with me all the time when i'm in la cutting deals when i'm in new york this is harrys.com slash blue wire honestly stop waiting go there today set up your free trial and join the blue wire family because we shave with harry's talking about erectile dysfunction it can be very challenging People try and brush it off, say things like, oh, I lost my mojo. People try and avoid it altogether. Guess what? It doesn't have to be that hard anymore. With Roman, it's easy to talk about with a real doctor. Roman.com slash blue wire. You'll get a free online visit, free two-day shipping when the doctor writes you a prescription. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Roman.com slash blue wire. Complete the online visit. ED used to be tough to tackle. Now there's Roman. Complete your online visit today. Blue Wire is the promo code. That's roman.com slash blue wire. Dude, don't suffer anymore. This is all good, man. And, you know, we're creating a dialogue to talk about it. Roman sponsoring some big things like baseball. Cool up and coming brand. So check out roman.com slash blue wire if you're experiencing any ED. Welcome back, Striking Gold Podcast. It is 11.30 on a Monday night. Got done doing a bunch of blue wire work today. Announced last week we're now partnered with Whistle Sports, Las Vegas Review Journal. We've got Chris Biederman of the Sacramento Bee. We're doing partnerships with other media outlets. And we see that being a little bit of a difference maker for our podcasting company, An NFL player officially is an investor in the company. So cool. We're talking to another 49ers legend about starting a pod. So be on the lookout. My Twitter feed, bluewirepods.com. YouTube channel coming. We're going big, guys. We're going to try and do this thing and compete with the big dogs as we scale this network out. Almost up to 70 podcasts. Can you believe that? We're finding all the unique voices. I am one of them. 
used to be the KJ podcast. Now it's striking goal. We have a lot to break down. 49ers lose 27-24, emotionally draining loss in overtime. I'm not panicking. I did not like what I saw from the offense. This offense cannot function correctly without George Kittle. The run game was kind of non-existent. Seattle's a damn good front seven. KJ Wright and Bobby Wagner were both everywhere still. They kept on the two studs there. Yeah, I mean, Emmanuel Sanders, I think he's a guy that is often nicked up and questionable, and I was worried about this and didn't point it out during the trade because I was excited about it, but I'm not shocked here. He is on the smaller side for receivers. He's speedy, so of course he's going to have more of a thinner frame, but look like some rib injuries. It's scary how much they've been force-feeding him the ball. Debo stepped up, and again, what, eight catches, 112 yards. So it wasn't totally awful on offense. Jimmy Garoppolo, arguably, what, his second-worst game of the season? Maybe third-worst? Like, you know, this first game against Tampa was a little herky-jerky like this. Never really found his rhythm after the first quarter. There was some good plays. When you have that many drops, too, I mean, think if, if Kendrick Bourne didn't make those couple drops, they're fine. Can you play Kendrick Bourne? Can you play Dante Pettis? You have guys on the field who aren't able to help you beat Seattle. And not only that, their drops are like are the reason you're losing. Normally, you lose because of a quarterback. You don't normally lose because of wide receivers. And this is happening, and it's tied to the O-line. And... I don't know. I mean, Kyle's going to get some criticism here. Dante Pettis, Debo Samuel had a good game. Kyle's drafted George Kittle. He's made other people stars, but some of his evaluations at receiver, this team right now does not have a great wide receiving situation heading into the playoffs, heading into big matchups against Seattle. They couldn't count on the receivers. The offense was kind of stymied. Seattle loaded the box. And without George Kittle blocking, with not even George Kittle light, not even Amstel light, uh, Reed Dwelly, Ross Dwelly, yeah, you, there's only so much you can do here if you're Kyle. Like, who was their best player offensively? I guess Debo? Yeah, I, I did not love what I saw there. And again, when they played poorly, and they still won in the past this season, there's the offense I was kind of playing poorly. So this isn't like, oh my God, the offense fell from the sky. We've known the offense can kind of dip lower here. We're coming off an amazing Jimmy performance against Arizona. Maybe he'll rebound again. I tweeted it. This team has to prove themselves. They have to win a big game. And they're going to hear some people chirping on Twitter this week. And they're going to have to stay focused on a short week. The, the bottom line is this team's beat up. Now we're getting to the point where injuries really are impacting. When you have Ben Garland in there and he's getting beat and Seattle then scores a touchdown. Like, think about this. Kendrick Bourne allowed a touchdown. Ben Garland allowed a touchdown. You're getting so hurt that you have other players on the field who probably shouldn't be, and their presence is now leading to losses. Use check came back, had a, had a drop, didn't make too much of a difference. Maybe you got to figure a way to get him involved. Again, if George Kittle needs to sit out next week against Arizona, you do it. We'll be researching some free agent wide receivers the 49ers need to look at. I think it's something they have to at this point with no Trent Taylor, no Jalen Hurds. Like, what are you going to do? You're going to have to give Jimmy another option.
Emmanuel Sanders came in here and made shit happen. And again, the biggest point to make is that George Kittle, his presence in this offense is everything. From the run game to the pass game to the third downs, everything felt more difficult today without George Kittle. All right, the other storyline, are you really going to bench Joe Staley for Justin's school? I don't think that it can happen yet. We'll see what happens against Arizona, who also does have a good D-line. It's going to be Staley against Chandler Jones quite a bit over there. McGlinchey actually, to me, looked worse than Staley from the early stuff that I saw. I hope they didn't force these guys back. Now they're in an awkward position here. You can't put these guys back on the bench and say, hey, they weren't medically ready because it'll look like they're actually getting benched. And you don't want Joe Staley to go out this way. But this offense was better with Justin School. Now, they weren't playing the Seahawks. you got to give Joe Staley the benefit of the doubt. He's definitely playing against Arizona. If the O-line is an issue next week, this becomes a storyline. You might be putting your unknown left tackle and Brunskill on the right side. You're not going to bench McGlinchey because he's a cornerstone. This is going to get touchy-feely if the O-line doesn't get their act together. I believe they will. I think as soon as George Kittle gets back in the lineup, the offense is going to be fine. You really need him to rest and heal. There's no way he wanted to miss this game. But think about it. He got he got really beat up last Thursday night against Arizona. It's not worth it. You're going to have much bigger games. So, I mean, the, all right, we've, we've set our piece about the offense. The O-line, the receivers are an issue. Jimmy G... He came back down to earth. He's going to come. He's going to go back up. He's going to have a big game. He's going to have an okay game. He's going to have a pretty bad game. This was one of his pretty bad games. He threw 45 times. Let's see. I got his stats right here. Jimmy G, 24 of 46, 248 yards, sacked five times, QB rating of 66.2. He had that interception as well, but that was on Kendrick Bourne. DK Metcalf is big. Jacob Hollister, big. Josh Gordon came up big. I think Seattle now controls a little bit of their own destiny. They're 8-2. The 49ers are 8-1. Seattle got a little bit of an easier schedule coming up. Seattle, oh man, it's going to suck if they win the division here. And the 49ers have to start on the road in the playoffs. At the end of the day, the 49ers are a playoff team this year, which you're happy about. It sucks to fizzle out, though. If the 49ers were to go 11-5 and and Seattle goes 12-4, and wins the division, then they've got to go on the road. I think it would be at Dallas. I think the 49ers could beat the Cowboys. And so then they're going to be in the second round either at Green Bay or at Seattle. Bottom line, it's going to be intense coming up here in December and January. I can't effing wait. Early on... I, I've said, see, I think Seattle is going to get the one seed and it's trending a little bit closer in that direction. Let's see how the 49ers respond. They've been punched in the mouth. They got a couple guys hurt. They're going to have to come up with a good game plan. Remember, Arizona, that was a good game. That was not a cakewalk. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to see what happens here, but Seattle's sitting more in the driver's seat. How about Emmanuel Mosley? Let's go to the defense. If Akilah Witherspoon is ready next week, who are you going with? Are you going with Emmanuel Mosley or are you going with Witherspoon? You've created a situation here where your no-name rookies, again, are better than draft picks. Uh, why is this always happening in San Francisco? Emmanuel Mosley has stepped up. He made a bunch of good plays today. He did get beat a little bit. It was more underneath on some slant routes on third down. 
He has not been getting beat deep, and he's made some big plays where he's getting handsy with receivers the perfect amount, and it's not interference. He's getting a little teetery, tottery over there, but I'm keeping him in the lineup. I think I would, you know, I would have to wait till he gets burnt and then give Witherspoon a chance. You got to be careful over there, um, sending people to the bench, but I'm a big Mosley guy. I don't think that you can pull someone who's playing at this high of a level. I don't care if it's unexpected. I don't care what his name is, what his draft pick is. The defense is playing out of their mind. You had DJ Jones go down with an injury. You had Solomon Thomas playing a lot inside late in the game. Not ideally what you want. Armstead was a little quiet this game. Actually, he had one big wrap-up of Russell Wilson that was blown dead. Bosa kind of had a quiet game for the first time in a while. I mean... About time, dude was just has just been on fire. Defensively, you can't be mad at anyone, really. They had their backs against the wall. The points they allowed were really on the, you know, was the fall of the offense. So, yeah, you, you're kind of a little upset at Kendrick Bourne. You're a little upset at Kyle for some of the clock management. And then other than that, you kind of just got to take your lumps here, tip your cap to Russell Wilson. The 49ers come up short again. I'm sure Jed York's going to lose sleep tonight. I'm sure 49ers fans are as well. This one sucks. Nothing to be bent out of shape about. Let's read a couple of tweets that came in. Yeah, I'm a little concerned about the Jimmy G, how many dropped interceptions that happened tonight. The game has a completely different feel if he has three interceptions on the stats, which could have easily have happened. This, actually looking back on it, was might have been his worst game. And it might have been the O-line's worst game, too. And the fact that all of that happened, and all the turnovers, and the receivers sucking that badly, it's really shocking that this was close. And, like, that doesn't make you feel better because they could play this exact way in the playoffs and you're going to feel disappointed. But, you know, you bank on them playing better with Kittle, with Sanders, with a couple other people in the lineup, they probably would have won this game. That's a crazy apples to oranges. Oh, But, you know, at the same time, I keep saying this. If they lose next week to Arizona, I'm still not panicking. Because if they started 8-2, and two, but two of the losses were in the middle of the season, like at the end of the day, the record's fine. Use November to sort some things out. Go get hot in December. If you want to lose now, lose some games now. You don't want to be losing right before the playoffs in December and start questioning yourself. There's going to be a lot of teaching tape that comes out of this. I would hate to be Kendrick Bourne tomorrow. He's going to get ripped apart probably. And... You know what? Sign me up for Des Bryant. Get him in the building. They can handle the shenanigans with him. I want to see what he looks like. If he's totally washed up and he's slow as hell in a tryout, then don't do it. But, I mean, is Nate Burleson still available? <laughs> like, I'm willing to, like, do something crazy at receiver here. Is Calvin Johnson really, like, want to run at a title or something? Is he in shape? Anyone recently? Is Wes Welker good to go right now? <laughs> I'm ready to see some fresh meat at receiver. Give a shout out to Debo because he did ball out tonight. But I think like Marquise Goodwin, you, you can't count on him. He catches that. That's seven instead of three there. You have receivers on your roster playing right now that are leaving points on the scoreboard. It's really hurting the football team. It is the whole it is the cold hard truth. It's not convenient. It's not for fanboys. It hurts to say this, but the 49ers have some serious issues at receiver that could limit them from going far in the playoffs. And I would say they should draft it, but they don't have any draft picks. 
and they haven't really shown that they can draft an awesome receiver. We'll see about Debo. Dante Pettis was amazing last year with Nick Mullins. He's never been amazing with Jimmy Garoppolo. Is there something off there? Is there something they can work on this offseason? Or is it time to trade like Pettis in the offseason for a fourth-round pick and write off your losses again like Joe Williams, like C.J. Beathard, like some other mid-round guys that are not really panning out for the 49ers? Their best players on offense are Matt Breida, seventh-round pick, George Kittle, fifth-round pick, Tevin Coleman, free agent. So do they stick with late round for skill players? I don't know. They've got to figure out the middle of the draft. That's a lot of teams busting, but it, oh, it's a storyline. Trust the Shanna plan. Bluewirepods.com. Buy, buy a Trust the Shanna plan shirt. You can still believe in Kyle. It's been an amazing season so far. Don't be too down about this loss. It's felt weird criticizing them on a podcast. It's been so long. Putting our thinking caps on and said, what? You know, what went wrong? Pretty much everything. The house was leaking and the 49ers, you know, drug themselves to the finish line. It just wasn't enough this week. We're going to have Rob and Croc recapping everything. Shout out to Indochino.com. Promo code BlueWire. You're going to save 30 bucks. Go get a suit there. Don't get a boxy one from Macy's. Don't go to the mall anymore. You go to Indochino. Okay? Capiche, you hear me? And then... Of course, you got Harry's. Of course, you got Roman. Definitely check our guys out. Give them the page view and order our stuff, man. Um, shout out to Chris Biederman and Kyle Madsen. We recorded our first practice pod for our premium content. You're going to be getting a lot more 49er stuff, basically daily, with all the stuff that's going to come out between the two pods, Striking Gold and Candlestick Chronicles. I know we're not everyone's cup of tea for both of those, but... Chris is on the scene. It's a much different take than me. Kyle's working at the radio station. It's three unique takes on the 49ers. We'll be adding Rob and different 49ers Twitter voices and, you know, interviews with Mayoko and JLC and the crew down there. Biederman's boys with everyone, my old colleagues down there. So, yeah, teasing the premium content. We're still in development. We're not just going to rush things out at Blue Wire. (laughs) I appreciate everyone for listening, man means a lot. Look how far we've come. This was, you know, a podcast that was getting, you know, a thousand listens. It is a lot more than that now. I can't believe how many listened last month. We're touching new people. At Mr. Underscore Kevin Jones on Twitter. If you're not following there, that's where I give off 49ers takes. All right. We are going to talk to you again later this week. Don't panic. Some scabs were were exposed here. Be a little nervous about receiver and O-line. We're, we're tapping the brakes on the Super Bowl talk. It can easily still happen. And they've got to go out and prove and win the big games. They, they've got to go 2-2 two and two against these hard opponents. And we'll see with Arizona first. All right, striking goal, KJ. We're out. Peace. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. 
Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.